Alright, so that got me another little while in between stops. So I'm going to uh, have ourselves a little discussion here, okay? Hey man, what's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I've got uh, the Twitter account and I've got the uh, I've got a Facebook page. Yay! I'm also on TikTok and I'm also on uh, Instagram and I haven't completed that list yet but I've got the uh, I should have the Facebook and the uh, Twitter links down below and we'll see how that goes. Alright, so click on them things, go to them places, like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend, interact with me, let me know what you think about the show, and let us move on. Alright, so, um, how do I say I'm on a spiritual trip, alright, and let's, let's open that up for story short, pretty sure I've gone in depth in other episodes, um, I, I spent a, a bit of time, um, you know, it, it, let, let's call it, let's call it deity hopping, alright, religion hopping, because, I, it, it took me a little while, it, it cause like, I was born into a Baptist family, right? And as I got older, the the conditioning wore off. I didn't go to church very often. As I got older, and it just kind of, you know, the questions I asked weren't getting answered properly, and I started digging for my own answers, and uh, it slowly came to a point for me where I was like, well, maybe this God isn't real. Since I, I guess I just figured that there had to be a God, and I had to, you know, do religion stuff with a God, and blah blah blah. I looked for the next religion. Right now, at the time, I also thought that Buddha was a God, and Buddhists worship Buddha, you know, and you know, because Christianity they worship Christ, you know, and da 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 da. Anyway, um, I bounced, I bounced around a lot from one religion to the next, okay, and I spent a lot of time, you know, following the different pagan traditions, and slowly but surely, I just eventually gave up, okay, I was like, none of this stuff is real. got to the point where I was an atheist, right? And not just, not just as somebody who said, I don't think God exists, but I was one of those confrontation, uh, confrontational, angry atheists. Anytime you said the word Jesus or God, I am jumping on that subject and we would go to town. Now, I got, I got tired of being angry all the time. There was always a fight. There was always something, 
you know, some fight thing being brought up about God or politics or, or whatever. So I just, I just stopped, you know, I, I couldn't stand the idea of every single moment of every single day was a fight, you know, and I know there's people out there that that's, they make a, a real good living at doing that. And I was like, I want to make that kind of money too. I can be a jerk, you know. And I'm really good at being a jerk. Just ask my wife, who's my soon-to-be ex-wife, how good of a jerk I am. Okay. Now, how do I say? I don't. I don't. I don't want to be that person, even though I'm really good at it. Even though it 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 comes natural to me to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I just want to be quiet. I just want to be happy. I just want to, you know, move along with life and enjoy the things that I can enjoy and, you know, create as much love and happiness in my little sphere for however long I can. Right? How do I say? My the whole atheist thing. I gave up on that. And after after I gave gave this phase of my life the title of spiritual trip. I kind of dug into the atheist thing again a little bit because, like, you know, there were some arguments that I was having and I wanted to be better prepared for them. So I dug into places like the Atheist Experience and it's it's a weekly show where they have people, they have theists call in and explain their position, what it is they believe in and, and why. And there's a good hour, hour and a half worth of discussion back and forth. Sometimes it's, sometimes there's yelling, sometimes there's mean names called and that kind of thing. And after a little bit of that, I, I you know, I, I, I remember why I don't, I don't watch the show because it, it's angry and I, and I get it. And that's part of, that's, that's part of the show. It's part of, you know, part of that thing. It's just, I, I don't. I don't dig that, right? I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of that. You know, I, I can point out some some things, you know, and, and and have a little discussion and realize that the discussion is going nowhere. So why, you know, why have more of the conversation if it's just going to get worse? And just stop and and move on and go somewhere else. Well. One of the things they talked about was, you know, the idea of spirit or soul or 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 that type of thing. There, there, that there's no there's no scientific thing to to support such an idea. I was like, okay. So whenever I say I'm on a spiritual trip, I'm talking about. 
there's there's a movie called Men in Black with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, and there is this alien in that movie that he's a little bitty guy and lives inside of the skull of this robot thing, and that robot thing is is a human body, right? runs all the gears and stuff and does all the movement and all the talking sitting in his chair in the head of this body and is a you know a productive member of society or whatever and metaphorically speaking I guess is that a metaphor or, or whatever in my head that that little guy that's living in the head of the big guy, that is spirit, okay? That is soul, that is that that consciousness, that, that thing that whatever you think of you on a not physical plane, in your brain, in your heart, wherever, wherever that guy is sitting, that is, to me, that is spirit. And, and we're on a spiritual trip. And that trip is to improve you. Is to make you and or your spirit better. Does that make sense? Like you're pretty alright now. I guess. Maybe. Who knows? But that's up for you. That, that's up to you to decide. Right? And you want to go on a spiritual trip. So you start diving down in the... Into, into places like religion and mysticism and you know and, and to me it doesn't matter your trip is your own trip you you get to decide where you're going right to me the thing that I see that is you know a, a common you know a common denominator in all of this is that instead of instead of looking to the outside, for your answers, you're looking inside, right? And once you turn, once you turn that light around, and you're looking at you, and you are making these decisions, and you are the one that's, you know, causing, you know, quite a bit of the suffering. You see what I mean? You're, you are making this decision to, you know, and. And you've made decisions that are ultimately forcing other decisions. Alright? See how that's working? And it's, it's driving me crazy because, I, you know, talking about, you know, trying to be a, a more sustainable human. And, and you know, not not using disposable plastics all the time and trying to be more more regenerative and, and stuff like that, you know? And, and it's frustrating because our society is set up this way and it's, it's easier and it's more convenient and, you know, every day you make that decision to jump in, you know, jump in your box on wheels that has caused so much suffering before it 
was even your your possession. And now it's causing even more suffering because it's yours. And you're having because you made that decision for that box on wheels to be your possession. Now you've got to suffer more by going to a job that you hate and doing things that you don't want to do so that you got money so that you can pay for the car and the insurance and the maintenance and and the gas and all the things that go along with having made that decision, things get worse. But to stop and pause and say, okay, I've, I've bought into this thing, all right? I have an obligation. I, you know, I, I have to... I have to see this thing through, right? That's how I'm, I'm looking at the next 10, 15 years or so, right? I've got, I've got a child that, you know, in, in 10, 15 years, they're going to be graduated. They're going to be hopefully adult enough to be out on their own and doing their own thing. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry so much about them and I can make a, a better decision in 10, 15 years. So part of that 10, 15 years is my spiritual trip. I'm not not saying that anything that I'm going to do over the next 10, 15 years as as far as my spiritual trip goes is is the rule, is the law, is is the the bee's knees, whatever, whatever, okay? And that everybody else has got to follow along. I'm not saying that. I won't say that. But I am going to discuss these things, and I'm going to open up these things and set them out there on the table and look at them and say, okay, look, here, you know, like, like the Four Noble Truths, right? I didn't, I didn't like the idea of the Four Noble Truths because that was my introduction to Buddhism. I looked at the book and I saw that the first Noble Truth was talking about life and suffering and I was like, screw that. Closed book, set it up on a shelf, walked away. I'm an 18-year-old kid whose parents are getting divorced. This is the first day of school and my dad moves out. I don't know what's happening in the next year. I don't know what happens after graduation, if I'm going to college. I don't know what's happening, but what I do know is that at the end of the school year in May, they're going to kick me out onto the street, and I'm going to have to get, hit the ground running, and I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Life, school, society, family, nothing has prepared me for what's going to happen next. I wanted what the Dalai Lama had 
so that I could face it and I could have that smile on my face too. Well, I gave up on Buddhism after like five seconds, right? But looking at it as a 40-year-old, I got a little bit more perspective on, on this idea, okay? Life is suffering. True. In, in one form or another, even the Dalai Lama, even Siddhartha Gautama, the historical Buddha, on, on one level or another, every day he suffered. Stubbing a toe, spending too much time outside, walking around out in the sun, getting the sunburn, being hungry, being thirsty, being constipated, not having shoes and stepping on a on a sharp stick. Yeah, you know, just, just the little things like that equates to suffering. You know, being being old and getting older and your hair falling out and blah 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 blah. You know, there, there's a level of suffering there whether you want to fully immerse yourself into that suffering or not and and show it to everybody and how crazy you are right there there's that level of suffering there and like you know i i tried i tried to give it another go round and i made it through that one i was like all right let's just skip to the next one and see what the next one is Life is suffering because of our attachments, because our cravings, because of the decisions that we're making, continues to lead us down the path of suffering. Like, oh my God. So not only is life suffering, but it's my fault. Oh God, stupid book. Throw that book across the room. Never ever open that thing up again. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Goodbye book. Screw you guys, I'm going home, right? So that is true. That's that's how it worked for me. I did not I did not want to have anything to do with Buddhism or that book or anything anymore. I just wanted to go away. I'm done. Bye. Have a good day. And then later I picked the book back up. And you know, and by this point it's not a book anymore, it's the internet, and I really don't want to throw my phone. Because I am attached to it, and throwing my phone would cause suffering, and that's the whole point of Buddhism, is to reduce suffering in my life, right? So, I gave it another try. Like, I'm 40 years old. Maybe it's... Sorry, I got a phone call. Uh, That's part of the fun of doing the show on the road and on my phone stuff happens. Anyway. Um, so, what was I saying? Back to uh, noble truth number three. The whole idea of you know, life is suffering, we continue to suffer because of our attachments and our decisions and our cravings, but noble truth number three coming in with, hey man, look, that sucks, but here's here here's an idea. How about we make better decisions? How about we not 
crave these things. How about, you know, you see where I'm going here? And if we do, if we do these things better, then our suffering will be reduced. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, you said four noble truths. What's the fourth one? Fourth noble truth is the idea that not only can it be reduced, but ultimately it can be it can be taken away. You don't, you don't have to suffer anymore. See what I'm saying? And, and that whole idea of enlightenment and attaining Buddhahood is the the relinquishment of suffering. You suffer no longer. Okay? There's, there's a, there is a level of woo-woo and supernatural stuff that starts creeping in about now. Ugh. I, I'm not about all that. Okay. Reincarnation and the, the pure lands and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not into all that. Okay. I'm in, I'm into doing the best that I can. Loving as much as I can, smiling as much as I can, being as happy as I can. But to me, the the idea of reincarnation just feels like more attachment. Like I, I screwed up this life. Oh well, I get another shot again here in a little bit because I'm going to get reincarnated and da 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 da. It just sounds like more attachment to me. Okay. I'm going to do the best I can with the, you know, I may not have lived the, the best first 40 years of my life, but I'm going to do a lot better with, with the next 40 years of my life. And I almost said the last 40 years of my life. And I don't know. I don't know if I've got another 40. I don't know if I've got another 80. Who knows? Now there's people that have lived 120 years. Maybe I get to be the next one that does it. I don't know. But if I do, you know, the life that I've lived so far, I've, I get to live two more times. Awesome. You know, especially now that I know the things that have not been the best thing for me. I don't want to say that they were right or if they were wrong because, you know, somebody else may have gone through the same thing and the thing that I think is wrong may be right for them and their life turned out well afterwards. Okay. How do I say it? The, 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 the fourth noble truth is the the Eightfold Path, right? And that Eightfold Path, we'll get into that in, in another episode, okay? Right speech, right mind. A, a lot of people substitute the word right for appropriate or skillful, okay? And it's and it really is one of those things where, you know, I've, I've spent the last 40 years of my life 
being pounded in the brain that that you know that that whole Judeo-Christian type of mentality of you know th- this is how it is. Here's this book. Here's the rules. Follow the rules, or ye shall burn in hell. I do. That's that's some angry stuff, man. It's pretty heavy. Why? 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 Whoa, man! Just just relax. Be cool, right? But also, how do I say? Um. It's it's the whole Eastern mysticism, especially once I started getting into Taoism. You know, the, the the very first sentence of the very first chapter of the book, page one, sentence one. The the Tao, the Tao that can be explained is not is not the great and powerful Tao. Right? That's paraphrasing and using different words, but. It, it, it's it's one of those things where it, it really it really helped to solidify my dislike of labels. Right? I don't even though I I practice on some level lots of different ideas as far as being Buddhist or being Taoist or being a prepper or being a minimalist. Once you once you place those labels on me as that's what I am, it's it's confining. You've you've put me in a box. You've labeled that box and you've set a certain a certain set of parameters on me that I'm only allowed to function in. And if that is so, then you know, once I operate outside of that box then you know you start you start judging me and telling me that I'm doing it wrong or or this that or the other you see where I'm going here because that and, and I do it too I do it too okay for me one of the one of the the major pillars of of my my spiritual trip and as and was what I had learned studying Buddhism was being a vegan. Like that that's that's right up there at, at the top of the list. And it was one of the things that was a wall for me. I I didn't want to be Buddhist because to me in in order to be Buddhist you had to be a vegetarian. I, I'm sorry, a vegan. At, at that time, I thought vegetarian, vegan were were the same thing. It's not. And you know, I, I'm I'm looking at this like, yeah, you know, I, I I can't, I won't, because at the time, you know, like you have to eat meat. Meat is a necessity. You have to eat meat, and then. You know, I'm I'm one of those people where if you tell me I can't do something, 
if I tell me I can't do something, then I try to I try to see whether or not they're right. Okay, I don't I don't I'm not that stubborn and bullheaded about right, but I'm 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 curious. Yeah, because you, you see all these people talking about being a vegan and you look deeper into it and they're like, yeah, I've been a vegan for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. Like, dude, if you've got to have meat to, to, to live, to survive, then how are you being a vegan for decades? And, and so I tried. I was, I was vegetarian for a couple months. I got sick. I ate meat. I felt better. I was like, maybe I'm just one of those people. Right? I was doing it wrong. I, I, uh, I was getting sick because I wasn't... Uh, I, I was eating all of the right foods. And I was doing it the best that I could. Uh, but it turns out I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't getting B12. And B12 helps your body absorb the, the iron. And I wasn't, I wasn't getting enough iron. Like, are you eating dark leafy greens? I'm like, yes. I eat spinach. I eat kale. I eat, I, I eat every green thing that I can get my hands on. I'm like, all right, well, try B12. And I tried B12, and I felt better. And you can tell... Whenever I had forgotten to take my B12, the, you know, I, I start getting a little bit sick one day and I get a little bit more sick the next day and, you know, it gets to the point where I can't even get myself out of a chair because I feel so sick and dizzy and awful. But then I take my B12 and later on that day, I, I'm, I'm balanced out again. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's, that's what was wrong. Things have been crazy the last couple of months. My wife is leaving. My daughter's moving out. You know, I'm trying to deal with the the idea that I'm going to be a single father. And it's also Thanksgiving and Christmas season. And all of the you know, seasonal affective disorder and winter doldrums. And I just, I'm just, I'm just tired. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, that, that, that kind of mentality. I just, I just want to go to work and do my job and come home and throw myself into my bed and cover myself up and cry myself to sleep and wake up the next morning and do it all over again. I wasn't eating properly, so I was getting sick. windshield, you know, and I'm looking at it like, man, you know, I've, I've, I've got it pretty all right, you know, I've got a house, I've got a, a job that I like, I've got hobbies that are interesting to me, I've, you know, I had, I had a pretty long-term plan going on, and then, you know, kind of, Poof, wife decides. Uh, I guess it wasn't poof. 
you know, and about out of the blue as, as I make it sound, you know, and it, it, it seemed somewhat inevitable, but, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't as ready for it to happen as my wife was ready for it to happen. Um, but, you know, that all those plans are, are dust now, and it, in a, how do I say it, in a, in a weird sort of way, I'm, I'm kind of uh, thankful, I guess, that, that this has happened, and, it, and it's, it's a, my, my spiritual trip has helped me considerably with, with dealing with what's going on. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I got, I got comfortable in the idea that, you know, I, I, you know the, 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 this is what, this is what's happening. This is, this is, this is my life. And my life decided, hey, you know what? <laughs> Try this. You know, and is leaving, all these things are happening, and now making, and now having to make different plans for the future, but not, not so specific of a plan, and, and leaving it kind of, kind of up in the air, and the, and the more vague I am about the future, and the more open I am about the present, and the, and the less I concern myself with the past, the the better I feel about life in general. I dig it. I'm I'm happy. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not how do I say it? I'm not excited about my marriage failing. But I am excited about the next thing happening. And I don't, and I, and I don't want to put too much of an expectation on what's on what's going to be happening because if I do, then I might get disappointed, and if I get disappointed, then I'm going to suffer, and if I suffer, I'm going to be sad, and I'm going to get angry, and you know, I don't, I don't want that to happen, right? But then I start looking around at. You know, life in general, and you know, looking at my house and looking at all of the stuff that's in it, and and looking at the space and trying to fill in the space, and you know, if something were to happen again, and I lose all of myself, then that's that's more suffering, and I don't want to suffer it. So I start looking at all my stuff that I have now, and if I were to lose that stuff, you know, like my house. My house is an expensive thing. My car is an expensive thing. And if I were to lose those things after spending all of this time investing in them and, and going to a job and earning money and paying for these things and all of a sudden my car goes away, I, you know, I suffer. But because of my spiritual trip, I've, I've 
learn to reduce my attachment to that car. And if my if my car disappears, man, that sucks. I'm going to be angry, but also in the same breath, where I work is in the town I live in, and it's just on the other side of town. And I've even gone to the trouble of of calculating that it's going to take me about an hour or so to walk from my house to my job. So because I know that, I'm like, man, that's going to suck because I've got to walk. I don't want to walk. I'm going to drive my car. But changing, changing my expectations around and saying, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That that sucks. You don't have your car anymore. Now you gotta walk. But also, you're gonna be getting an hour's worth of cardio in every day. Right? So there's cool, right? Here's some exercise. Alright, you're going to be healthier now. So that yeah, just just a a bit of a an alternate you as far as instead of dwelling on the negative trying to look at the positive finding the silver lining kind of thing you know and that and that's that's where that's where my spiritual trip hasn't necessarily you know not, not all of these ideas just automatically came in into my mind because of my spiritual trip. They've been there, and my spiritual trip is helping me kind of gather up all of these ideas and, and put them together into one place where I can see them at a better at a better view and go, hey, you know what? This idea right here, it doesn't really fit with who I, who I feel like I am. So we can get rid of this this mindset and, and you know, not, not bother with that anymore. And, oh, now that that's gone, I feel... Like an even better person. You know what I mean? I, I feel good now. I feel better now because of, you know, the, the better decisions I'm making and, and letting go of my attachments to certain ideas and mindsets. Which is essentially Buddhism. Well, it's, it's noble truth number three. Letting go of all of these attachments, letting go of these expectations, letting go of of the things that are causing the suffering. And by letting them go, reducing my suffering. So I, I'm there, there's the, the, that is a 39-minute explanation for why I am interested and exciting about going down this path of being an extreme minimalist. You know, know, really getting down there and getting rid of all of this stuff and saying, hey, look, I don't need these things. You know, even so to the point of not having a car not having a house, not, you know, and, and being, you know, looking at like, like, like a modern day Buddhist monk, 
okay? They have few possessions, the ones you see traveling around and they've got that bag with them. They carry all of their possessions in that bag with them. And, you know, to not necessarily be at that level, at a monastic level in my spiritual trip, because I don't, I don't want to... I'll say it this way, and I'm not really sure that this is exactly what I mean, but I don't necessarily want to, I don't want to set myself up in a place in my head where I have restricted myself from a possibility of, of living or life, right? I'm a vegan, yes. I live in a world where it is not absolutely uh, necessary to take the life of another animal and consume its flesh. It is not necessary. Okay? It is easier. It is more convenient. Yes. But it is also, you know, a pretty horrible, awful thing. Now, there is a scene in a new show called Yellowstone, right? And it is an argument that has been, you know, laid in front of me many times and said, hey, man, look, you're a vegan because you love animals and you don't think that it's necessary to, to murder animals to fill your belly. But in order for those, those plants to be grown, you know, these bugs have to die. Ugh. The soil has to be tilled, and the animals therein are are killed, and the, the you know there, there's so much death that occurs because of your plants. And to that, I say you're right. Right? I'm not a perfect creature. I I don't know a perfect creature. <clears throat> I don't know that it's possible to to completely and totally eradicate any amount of suffering that I do. I know that there's a there's there are people out there called Jains, right? And they are so they are so about reducing the possibility that they are taking a life that every step that they take they they sweep in front of them every step. Like, they'll take a step, and then they'll sweep, and then they'll take a step, and then they'll sweep. Because they want to, they want to reduce any, any possible thing being alive in, in every step that they take, so that they don't step on a bug, or a worm, or even down to bacteria, and stuff like that, that they don't want, they don't want to take life. Now... It's, it's towards the end of life where they really get to that extreme level, right? Like they don't want to drink any water because of the, the, the microorganisms that live in water. They wear a face mask and filter the air that they breathe because the, the things that are alive in the air, the, the bacteria and the viruses that are floating around in the air right now, those things, whenever they enter your lungs, they die. The things that are alive in the water, that as soon as they hit your stomach and the acids get them, they die. 
you see where I'm going with this? It's not, it's not as simple of a thing as saying, okay, I'm vegan and nothing dies to fill my belly. Lots of stuff still dies to fill your belly, right? And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tiptoe around that at all. I'm just seeing being vegan as the next step. Okay, it's just, it's just another step in in the progress of my spiritual trip. And to add another, to add another stone on the side of staying at my house, you know, to be able to grow all of my own food, to grow 100% of my own calories at my own house, is another another stepping stone in reducing the amount of suffering that I cause. And that's precept number one. The five precepts. Precept number one is reduce suffering. Cause no suffering. It's also it's all also translated. Uh, uh, do not kill, which is which is you know a pretty ultimate level suffering. You know, to, to kill something that is the ultimate suffering that you have put upon any sentient being. All right. Oh, and I forgot my my favorite line in that whole explanation of of the the, the animals that die and the bugs that die. He, he says the line, "How how cute does an animal have to be before before you uh, decide that it's wrong?" You know, like you, you you're right, you're right, Kevin Costner. Right? To me, they're all cute. To me, I don't think any of them should have to die. But then again, there's the bugs, there's the worms, there's all the things, you know, and and I don't have all the perfect answers, and it's the thing that stops me from from standing outside of any of these these chicken slaughterhouses and you know and saying meat is murder, you know. I, I I try to pick the lightest version of all of these vegan memes and share them and say, hey, look, <clears throat> there are other options. And instead of, you know, instead of sinking all of our efforts into reducing the amount of suffering that the animal feels before we murder them and consume its charred flesh, maybe, maybe we can sink some of that time and energy and resources into, you know, reducing suffering on all levels. Like, we don't have to eat meat in order to live, but we do have to consume plants, and in the consumption of these plants, maybe we don't have to kill all the bugs, maybe we don't have to kill all the worms, maybe we could find a way of living in harmony with all of these plants, and all of these animals, and all of these different levels of life, and and still live, and that, that for me, that that's, you know, playing playing out the uh, playing out the prepper game playing out the minimalist game playing out the the spiritual trip game all of these things they all play out to a level of of being that ultimate extreme minimalist of 
you know, just being, just being. You know, does that make sense? I don't know if I'm, if I'm being too vague. But, to, you know, to, to let go of the idea that, you know, I live in this city and that makes me who I am. I'm, I'm proud to be, you know, from Springfield, Missouri. I'm a Springfielder. I'm a, I'm a Missourian. I live in the Ozarks. I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm from the Ozarks and that, that's my, you know, that's my mindset and that's what makes me who I am and it's, it's not. places I've lived, the things that I've done, they're not necessarily me, but they have also, they've also molded me into who I am right now. You know, and in, in ten minutes, when my hour is up, I want to, I want to set my phone down, and I'm going to do my deliveries, and I'm going to interact with somebody and that interaction is going to change me. I'm going to set my phone down and I'm going to continue driving and somebody's going to pull up alongside of me and I'm going to turn and I'm going to look and you know, there's the possibility that they're going to give me the finger and that's going to change me. It's possible that they, they could smile and that's going to change me. Okay? Every and it, it's, it, it gives it gives fuel to the idea of, of living in the moment okay doing your best to live in the moment and not let the anxiety of the future and the depression of the past take hold right? I could sit here and whine and cry every single day about my marriage failing and my wife leaving me and nobody loves me, and I'm going to be all alone for all of the rest of my life. And I could see that as a negative thing, but to you know, to fully embrace it and say, "All right, this sucks. Yes, it sucks a lot," because I had had plans of of being married to my beautiful wife for all of the rest of my days, and that you know, I could be laying in my deathbed. could be laying in my deathbed and my wife being there to hold me and that's how I die and something she said that helped me realize that it's going to be okay her saying that that may still happen. And it, and it really, really adding fuel to that fire of, of not, not putting all of my eggs in the basket of the future and, and making a plan and saying, this is how, this is it. This is how it's going to end. Because it may not. But then again, it could. Who knows? 
could be better. Or it could just be. You know, and it, it's... It's it's in... You know, it, I, I really think it's it's that whole binary thing. And, and you know, the, the whole... Uh, non-binary as far as gender fluidity and and, 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 and all that goes as as an older man you know it is it is frustrating to me because I don't I don't know I don't know you know and as I dig further into my spiritual trip the less the less aggravating it is. Okay, fine. You don't identify as anything. Alright, cool. Now what? Do you go fishing? No? Alright, cool. Alright, well we can talk about that. Do you go uh, I don't go fishing either. Why? Oh, because you're a vegan? I'm a vegan too. Right? It for me, that's my spiritual trip. For me. Because, because of my spiritual trip, it has opened my, my mind up a bit and said, hey, look, it's, it's, the world is not the world that you thought it was. Okay? And as, and as much as it hurts, on a regular basis, I, it's it's okay. I don't like it that my wife is leaving. I'm not excited that my wife is leaving. I'm not excited about being a failure at marriage. I don't think it's exciting. I don't I don't want it to happen. It's it's just happening. say that I'm 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 not okay right now but I'm okay with saying that eventually I'm going to be okay to, to let go of my attachment to work through these feelings to to see the light at the end of the tunnel and and ju- to to go with the flow to go with the Tao and 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 see that it's going to be okay. You know, well, what's the alternative? To force my wife to stay here and both of us be miserable and fight and argue all day every day? That that's that's not that's not how I want I want to live my life. And I would feel guilty and horrible and awful for forcing my wife to sit here and do that also. It's it's not necessary. So to, to to teach my kids the idea of having somebody in your life because you want them there, not because you need them there, is is a huge huge learning thing for me. And it's it's something that the whole self reliance and self sufficiency thing and 
and being a prepper and being a survivalist is teaching me right now because up, up to this point I'm, and I'm still not convinced that I'm going to make it but I'm pretty sure you know and, and the, re, the reduction of the things that I think of as necessary you know and, and maybe maybe working a few extra hours to get some overtime you know to help make those ends meet and then and then getting it figured out from there you know like I've been I've been knocked on my back and I'm I'm standing back up and I'm gonna get knocked on my back again and I'm gonna stand back up I don't I don't have any other choice I have to stand up I have to keep moving forward because that's you know that that's life I've 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 made decisions that have to play out. I decided to be a dad, so I made babies, and my babies need me. My babies need me to to look look out for them. Now, whether me looking out for them and me providing for them means that I have to work at this job or work at a different job, that that's that's another conversation, right? I dig my job. You know, I'm I'm one of the small percentage of. A, a fraction of a small percentage of people that enjoys their job. I'm, I'm all right with working this job for all the rest of my days, right? But also, I want to be a content creator and, and make money doing that also and using some of my extra money to help other people, you know, become, you know, better people, better in their own eyes. Not necessarily better in my eyes, but better in, in their own eyes and and showing them you know my, the, the like like Buddha oh god I don't I, I just compared myself to Buddha I was like no 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 yeah but no yes but yes but no Buddha Buddha didn't teach Buddhism okay he he found this thing that worked for him and he decided, you know what, instead of holding this all in and, and hogging it to myself, I'm going to spend all of the rest of my days walking around and showing people this thing that I've learned. This is awesome. This is what makes me feel like a great person. I'm going to share this with people. And and for me, I feel the same way. I am, I am feeling like I am getting to a better place in my life. And I want to share that with as many people as I can so that they can live a, a life that is better for them also. Take what you like and forget the rest, right? That's kind of a, a, a major theme in Buddhism. All right, I'm done. My kids are texting me. I'm going to answer them. So have a great day. If I've said anything in this, in this episode past, present, or future that you want to expand upon and have more conversation about, go down to the show notes. There should be a link to my Facebook page and a link to my Twitter. Click on them things. Go to them places. Like, follow, subscribe. Share with a friend. Interact with me. Let me know what you think about the show. And I'll see you guys later. Alright? Have a great one. Bye-bye.